0: The Business Buzz Podcast The Business Business Buzz Buzz. With Madiwa Mopchester-Kabaza Good evening and welcome to the Business Buzz Right here for your weekly dose of business, finance and economics news on VFM. That's 88.1 Broadcasting Live From our studios right here in Braamfontein, Johannesburg Now who's to say that the world of uh, business can't be entertaining Definitely make sure you hold on to your seats As we seek to keep you entertained, educated and intrigued About the world of business My name is Murio Mob Justice Kavaz And I'll be your host on today's show And we are here until about 8pm Now for today we are going to be talking you know a little bit around uh, you know investing for your future more specifically investing for you know when you retire you know as a young professional or even as a student you might be wondering why in the world you would want to do something like that but we're going to be talking about it but before we get into all of that um, you know there are some interesting uh, things that have been happening you know through the week and you know one of the big stories that has struck out to me um, is something that that i personally was uh, tracking over the last couple of days and it's that uh, process uh, process is basically uh, the international arm of Naspers Naspers a lot of people will know is the biggest company on the jse and uh, the company is actually worth 1.5 trillion dollars right tr- trillion rand sorry uh, making it the largest company on the jse but you know, the last couple of days I've actually shown just how big this company is because uh, basically they sold about two percent of Tencent, and uh, a lot of people, if you've ever used WeChat, uh, the instant messaging service, WeChat is made by a company called Tencent, and uh, Naspa, based in Cape Town, is the biggest shareholder in Tencent. Uh, they invested uh, about thirty-two million dollars in this company uh, back in two thousand and four, uh, but that twenty that uh, small. relatively small investment has turned into something that is uh, worth over 200 billion US dollars right now. And basically they sold down about 2% of that company uh, just to raise some funds. And when you say 2%, most of the time, if we hear that a company has sold off 2% of the equity stake in a company, you don't really bat an eyelid. But in the context of NASPERS and Tencent, when they sell off 2%, 2% is equals to 16 billion dollars or 211 billion rand that's how much money they got from selling that two percent stake and it was just one of those stories that really, you know, got to, you know, got me, you know, just thinking. Of course, uh, NASPAS is a top 10 investor in the same way that uh, we talk about uh, Amazon, Facebook and Google. Uh, so we can expect such numbers, but definitely, you know, one of those things to just keep an eye on going forward. So for today, as I said, we are talking about what's going on in the world of investing for your future. And uh, we're talking about, you know, pension funds and the like, pension. Funds, uh, retirement funds, and also at the same time, you know, some of the new legislation uh, that has come around, you know, some of those things. Uh, so that's how the show is going to be looking like for today. We're going to be hearing, you know, for some people. Uh, first off, with a guest coming through uh, from uh, a, an advisor from Discovery who's going to be telling us, you know, why you should be getting into all of this. And then we end off uh, the second part of the show uh, uh, talking to. To, you know, our second guest uh, just around, you know, how uh, you can actually, you know, save yourself when it comes to uh, retirement funds. Otherwise, for the rest of the hour, we're going to be getting into the business wrap with our expert that's Ken Swettinam, uh, just to give you a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news. Remember that you can uh, keep in touch with us on Facebook. We are VFM or Voice of Vits. You can also find our other Facebook page that is Vits Radio Academy. And then on Twitter, we are at for and then our hashtag is hashtag #businessbuzz. You can also search for great content on visit forward slash business. Otherwise, you can find our great podcasts um, on uh, on your podcast app of choice, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. And you can you know get uh, you know some of the content that we have uh, post and pre the show. So that's how the show is looking like on the other side of this. We get into the business wrap. This is the business buzz. You don't have to be a liker to like things. Oh my God. So like us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Oh and both them, in brackets, voice of things. <laughs> business Rap with Ken Sweatham. It's time for us to get into the week's top trending business and economics news. And on the line, we're joined by a financial expert. We have Ken Sweatnam. Ken, greetings to you.
1: Uh, good evening, I trust you're well today yeah.
0: No, 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 we are on this uh, Thursday evening uh, Anything interesting happening this week in the economy?
1: Well, there's two things that I've picked up which I think would be of interest to, to your listeners The first one is the one which is has made quite a few headlines in the media for all the wrong reasons and that is a, a very steep increase in the fuel price um, which is unfortunate at the time we are in South Africa but we've now, we've now got... Uh, a litre of fuel selling at over 17 Rand and uh, I've seen jokes in social media saying, please don't call me to give you a lift, I can't afford it for the current fuel prices. But um, the the sad news is, as we've discussed on on numerous occasions on your show, is that that is going to reverberate right across the economy. We're going to see probably steep increases in things like taxi fares and and public transport. We're going to see further increases in food and and the goods of... uh, and, and consumable goods because most of it is transported by road and food inflation is beginning to look very very um, worrying on, on the upside and um, and this is going to have a reverberating effect as I said even if you don't own a motor car. So that's the bad news. The good news is the other story I picked up today and it, and it quite simply said Vodacom searches its data prices. In the, now just to remind your listeners in 2019, the Competition Commission came out and said, uh, a very damning report, which, uh, which said the cell phone industry in our, our country was, was charging far too much for its data prices. And uh, Vodacom has led the way now by, they they did reduce prices last year, they've now reduced prices again. Uh, to give you an idea, their one gigabyte 30-day bundle will now sell for 85 rand, as opposed to two years ago when it was 149 ren. That's a 43% reduction in data prices. We're still very high by world standards, but it's good news, I think, for a lot of your listeners who buy these bundles for their data.
0: Now that certainly has been, you know, a bigger story, and I think it will be interesting to see um, whether or not uh, the other the other mobile operators actually respond to that, and if it's going to have, you know, a material effect on the actual, you know, data prices going forward.
1: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, MTN and Cell did start reducing uh, data prices last year, and I have no doubt that they will follow suit this year as well. So it's, it's good news. We, we've got the, there always seems to be a bit of bad news when it comes to the fuel price. And as I said, that will affect your listeners right across the board. But the good news is, and a lot of people do buy these data bundles. Um, not everybody is on, on a contract which includes data. And it's very good news if, if uh, you or your listeners are somebody who's, who's using this, this data. 43% reduction in price over two years. Mm. So there's not many commodities which uh,
0: which we can say that about No, 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 certainly and uh, I guess um, on that front do you anticipate because of the these things uh, because, you know, it's one thing on the one hand, we started off talking about, you know, a fuel price increase, you know, fuel over 17 rand, uh, but in the second instance talking about, you know, the possibility of lower uh, data prices like you said, a more than 40% reduction nothing else is happening you know like that and one wonders you know on a net uh, on a net basis you know where consumers actually actually stand you know when it comes to some of these things because these are all you know items that people are using on a daily basis correct you are, you are right and it all feeds into
1: the CPI or the consumer price index uh, is what that stands for and the, and the consumer price index is effectively just the rate of inflation in South Africa, which which we are at really historical lows at the moment, with an annual inflation rate of around three percent. The the Reserve Bank targets our inflation rate between three and six percent on an annual basis, and we're right at the bottom of that target range at the moment. But this must feed into higher inflation uh, going forward. Uh, higher inflation in the longer term will possibly mean interest rates going back up again. And um, one can't say when, but later this year, perhaps maybe next year. But we need to keep an eye on the inflation rate and um, because higher inflation is not good for all of us. And although some prices may come down, the fuel price, in my opinion, is far more serious because that will feed in into many, many other things that, that they work out the CPI on. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's concerning going forward. And there's no doubt that it's harder and harder or the average South African family to to put food on their table at a reasonable price.
0: So that's been it for this uh, business wrap. That was uh, our financial expert, Ken am giving us some insight into uh, the week's top trending business and economics news, giving us some insight into what's been happening this week. He highlighted uh, the fuel increase uh, that's happened. You've got fuel, you know, up, you know, over 17 rand a litre, which, you know, hurts uh, all motorists. Uh, but at the same time, you've got uh, uh, mobile data prices that are steadily coming down, and uh, you know what? hopes that uh, the other mobile operators are going to respond as well. So that's been it. On the other side of this, we get into the Buffalo Index. Business Wrap with Ken Sweatman. The Buffalo Index on On the the Business Buzz. It's time for us to get into the Buffalo Index as a part of the show where we give you a roundup of what your 100 rand can do for you. And for today, since uh, we spoke earlier on, uh, Ken Surtina mentioned the data prices and actually uh, that's what I wanted to talk about for today because we saw that uh, the... Price of one gig of data on Vodacom has actually come down uh, to eighty-five rand per gig for a thirty-day bundle um, on Vodacom. Uh, whereas in the past uh, couple of uh, months, I'd say since about April last year, um, it was sitting at uh, an average of about ninety-nine rand. At least that's across, that was across Vodacom, MTN, Telcom, and the cheapest price was with Cell that is still sitting at ninety-five rand. Uh, but this week they announced a fourteen percent. Uh, discount to that and now they're going to be trading that at 85 Rand and there's a lot of things that happen when it comes to uh, data prices but uh, when it comes to your 100 Rand it simply means that two years ago right with 100 Rand you could buy I guess two thirds of a gig which is basically um, 670 megabytes or so uh, for a 30 day bundle whereas now you can actually get more than that you could possibly get 100 and uh, you could get 1.3 gig uh, just uh, based on that, if we're looking at that. And then the second bit is to understand something called headline pricing because basically when it comes to the cost of a day, uh, of a gig of data or a megabyte of data, there's what's called headline pricing and then there's what's called, uh, I guess, the normal pricing because headline prices are what doesn't change. If a gig of data is uh, 85 Rand, then it's 85 Rand. If a mobile operator decides that they're going to give you double the data, right yes it reduces the per cost uh the per megabyte cost of that data by half right but the headline price has remained the same and this is what uh mobile operators have been doing for the last decade where basically the headline price of 1 gig of data was an average of 149 rand but uh, it wasn't changing or, you know, ch- it wasn't changing at all. But what they would do is to put on promotions, summer promotions, nighttime, nighttime, you know, owl promotions and that type of thing. And that's how people would say that, you know, data prices are coming down, which is why uh, the drop in prices, uh, when you talk about what's going on with Vodacom is such a big thing, uh, because it means the headline price came down because of the competition commission, first from 149 Rand down to 99 Rand, and now we're talking about uh, eighty-five rand uh, for a gig of data, 30 days. Now we wait to see uh, where the other mobile operators are going to uh, place themselves. Are they going to compete on the headline prices or are they going to continue to compete on promotions? We wait and see. So that's been it. On the other side of this, we get into the main topic. The, the Business Buzz. We're talking about the importance of, you know, investing for that future. Um, investing, you know, 10, 20, 30 years um, into into the future as people plan for what they're going to do uh, when they stop working. What's happening there, and maybe also some of the changes that are happening uh, when it comes to, you know, the legislation around that in uh, South Africa. And in the first part of the show, uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be talking to uh, Ompemense Masilo who who is an accredited financial advisor at Discovery's head office uh, in Santon, uh, Johannesburg. And we're going to be, you know, trying to understand, you know, some of the things around, you know, at what stage person in a person's career, you know, should they start investing, you know, in retirement planning? Is it the beginning? Is it 10 years on? All of those things and why? So on the line, as I said, we have uh, Ompe How are you today? I am well senior yourself. No, no, no. Thank you so much uh, for availing yourself. Thank you for joining us and, you know, hoping that our listeners will learn a great deal uh, from this session. Um, as you heard just now, we were, you know, de- the debate is. When exactly is the right time uh, to start, you know, planning for, you know, retirement? Because um, for a lot of young adults, it seems like it's something that's really far away, unless you're one of those uh, people that's part of the FIRE movement and you want to retire by 35 or something.
2: Yeah, Um, I'm so glad you asked that question. Well, with regards to actually investing within a um, retirement annuity, You need to do it as soon as possible um, as you start working and so on. The reason being, the earlier that you start investing, you would be contributing less, okay? And postponing it to a later stage for argument's sake, within five years, it means that you would need to contribute a higher amount um, after that five years in order for you to um, catch up. And also furthermore, why it's so important is that over those five years you would have actually lost out on benefiting from the monthly compound interest, and also um, there's something that we call um, a tax benefit that is attached to retirement annuities. So on a yearly basis, you can contribute up to a max of 27.5% of your taxable income. Um, given that the max would be um, 3,050 um, k, and what that means is that your tax liability on an annual basis would actually be reduced. So you wanted to actually take advantage of that.
0: You know, whilst you're talking, um, you just mentioned the issue of tax, right? And yeah. someone might actually be wondering to say, why are those tax implications important, especially when it comes to uh, that retirement planning, simply yeah. because, you know, people expect that, oh, you know, you know how it is, young people, you're getting into the workforce and mm-hmm. it's the first time that you're being taxed and you think that that's where the tax ends.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay, so when I do refer to um, tax being actually an advantage when it does come to a retirement annuity, like I said, it becomes um, a tax deductible, right? So it decreases the actual amount of tax that you would contribute on an annual basis, right? I'm um, given the tax bracket that you're on and there's a whole calculation that you would do to see, okay, this is how much that um, Linda would be saving on taxes on an annual basis. And then just um, lastly, if I can, oh, sorry, I don't. Just repeat the question again. Sorry, I think I got off track there.
0: No, I was just asking if you could explain, you know, those tax benefits because sometimes... Oh, okay. Yes.
2: Okay, perfect. So that's just um, what I've just explained, okay? And um, just one important thing from a tax perspective, um, why it's also good to invest within a retirement annuity. As you know, how it's structured within SA, you can only withdraw um, your retirement annuity at a retirement age, which is either 65 or 60, okay? And um, basically one third of it, you can withdraw as a lump sum. However, two thirds of it need to be reinvested as a living annuity. Now of that one third, 500K of it is tax free. So that is why it's also just beneficial to do that. Looking at also, um, if you do that in correlation with actually having a tax free um, savings account, which accumulates a certain um, interest and so on, it actually helps you to um, supplement your income in retirement. So those are the tax benefits that you could look at um, when it comes to retirement annuities.
0: Now, one of the things that is, uh, you know, very hard to avoid about uh, this place that we're in as a society is COVID-19, the pandemic and then the subsequent lockdowns and uh, the economic devastation that's been caused by them. And we always talk about the effect or impact of the pandemic on various yeah. industries and all of that what have you seen as being i guess some of the impacts um, when it comes to retirement savings or the way that people are re- are you know planning their retirements um, has there been an impact on you know that yeah. on pension funds uh, during this time
2: yeah um so the basic impact that the pandemic has obviously had on um, retirement annuities is actually that funds, um, fund performance has been affected, right? Um, and some funds have actually performed poorly due to the whole pandemic and the economic global economic climate, okay? And um, just one thing that people should rem- um, remember is that a retirement annuity is actually a long-term investment, right? So the hope is that you're actually investing for 20 years Plus. Um, so let's look, if you just started working and you invested in a retirement annuity then the global pandemic hit and you are anxious that you would have lost money etc. Yes, that might be true. Um, however, because you're investing in the long term, there is that opportunity for that money to recruit, right? And just as best, uh, best practice, for example, um, how the, a person that has just started and a person that is about to retire, how they would have experienced those losses would be different because as best as, um, sorry, best practice in the beginning, you want to make sure that you invest that individual in a little bit more aggressive portfolio as they still have, um, a 20 year span or so for them to actually experience losses and for them to actually regain, right? And then once someone is towards the end of their retirement, you make sure that you switch them out of funds and invest their money in more conservative funds, which are less aggressive. So the effects or losses of COVID-19 for that person would have been a little um, less severe.
0: And then when it comes to all of that, one of the things that's becoming, that's quite clear from everything that you're saying is that there's a lot of terminology, there's a lot of jargon, there's a lot of details and a lot of numbers that I'm sure people can become a bit overwhelmed by. What's your advice when it comes to, um, you know, young people or I guess people in general just looking for the right retirement plan for themselves? Yeah,
2: Um, that's a very good question. My advice for you, is first thing first, get a financial planner, sit down with them. Um, we offer initial free consultations. There is no uh, money attached to it, whether you do decide to actually take up a product with us, which is what we'd actually want. But the main important thing, the reason why we're all in this industry is because we understand the importance of actually um, giving people that financial knowledge that they do require, you know? For example, with me, where I do come from and my background, the lack of financial literacy and financial planning has led to me seeing people around me when they do retire, um, they saved a little bit, like 20,000 or so, that can only sustain you for a little while. However, had those people been exposed to financial literacy and planning, they would know how to actually um, sustain themselves. So my advice is immediately when you start working, get in touch with um, a financial advisor, sit down with them, let them know what your goals are, and we would be able to actually assist you and um, create a plan for you from short-term to medium-term to long-term. And that's what an advisor is, right? We walk with you um, in different stages of your life. So it's not a um, a short-term solution.
0: Now, uh, a discussion around this, uh, given what's happening right now, would not be complete uh, without us at least touching on what's going on with uh, Regulation 28 of uh, the Pension Fund Act. What does that actually entail?
2: Okay. So, um, literally, when we look at Regulation 28, it's just um, compliance structure, right? Where um, the Act ensures um, that your retirement savings are not exposed to too much risk, right? Um, And also just ensuring that your hard-earned savings are invested in sensible portfolios and protected from um, poorly diversified portfolios. Um, so that's just basically what Regulation 28 is, ensuring that the client's um, money is protected by ensuring that there are certain caps um, on which assets that you would invest in. For example, as you know, um, as you might know, um, retirement annuities are, are invested in different types of cl- asset classes such as equities, property bonds, and foreign assets. Cetera, and there are limits
0: in all of those. Okay? No, that certainly makes sense. And I think one of the things that uh, people might then be interested in is um, there, there, there seems to be, you know, all of this talk around the 45% um, of, of uh, pensions that may soon be invested into uh, South <laughs> African infrastructure. And... Uh, under the proposal. So when it comes to all of that stuff and looking at uh, where the economy in South Africa is, yeah. debts, et cetera, you know, does it make sense? You know, as you said, there it's a big pool of funds, uh, but, you know, is it really how we should be um, spending money that people are saving, you know, for the future? Yeah, um,
2: so I think maybe when it comes to that conversation, it is certainly important to understand um, the definition around what actually investing in infrastructure means, okay? So for example, with infrastructure funds, what it entails is um, actually investing in public assets and services that people rely on to live, work or travel. So examples can be investing um, in electrical electricity or water and sewage services. So that's what infrastructure investment actually means. And um, just to clarify, the Act or the amendment does not say that 45% of um, funds need to be invested in infrastructure. Asset managers, it's still to their discretion whether they choose to invest within um, infrastructure funds or not. So, the, the 45% is just a guideline of the actual maximum percentage that an asset manager can invest in infrastructure. Um, and you did ask me if it does make business sense. Um Like I said, the uh, purpose of the amendment is to make it easier for retirement annuities to actually invest in infrastructure, right? It does not necessarily say that um, you have to invest in it. Sorry, I'm just repeating myself. So it does not say that um, if you are investing in um, infrastructure, that there is a loss to it, and I'll I'll, I'll explain it just now. And also the other um, important thing to note is that retirement annuities in SA have been investing in infrastructure funds. However, there hasn't been um, a real visibility of that, and hence the amendment to make it easier for retirement annuities to invest in infrastructure um, funds. Why do I think it makes business sense? And this is my economist side coming out. Um, I believe that, you know, investing in invest um, investing in infrastructure funds is actually viable, as it would um, generate financial returns as well as um, good social returns um, in the form of stimulating economic growth and so on. For example. I'm gonna make a very personal example. I come from a town, Rustenburg. I don't know if you know of the Royal Buffer Game Tribe in Rustenburg. Yes, I do. Yeah. So I come from the Royal Buffer Game Tribe and we do um, have a few royalties for um, platinum mines, et cetera, which is um, on our land. Um, and for example, um, we do have a Royal Buffer Gang holding company where um, employees, etc. The investments with time and savings are actually put into um, infrastructure funds, right? And that, what does that entail? It ensures that um, the benefits directly imply, um, impact the employees and the people living around that community. It improves roads within the actual community and also just the ability to build schools, et cetera. So it's not just from a monetary point of view of why investing in infrastructure would be good, but it's also from a social and economic point of view. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's something I haven't touched on.
0: No 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 that uh, certainly works for us and thank you so much for sharing your insights into that that was us with uh, Ompimete, uh, Masilo who is an accredited financial advisor at Discoveries uh here in uh here in Johannesburg giving us some insight into what's going with the uh, going on sorry with the retirement uh funds telling us that there is no sooner time to start planning and start investing in that apart from now also talking about uh, the effects of the pandemic on retirement funds and some of the changes that are being proposed as part of Regulation 28 of uh, the Pension Fund Act, and how um, investments into infrastructure and things like that may impact, um, you know, the country going forward, and whether or not this would be a good use of uh, retirement funds. So that's been it on the other side of this. We continue with our conversation. This is the Business Buzz. Covid Biz Watch. On, on the Business Buzz. It's time for us to get into the COVID Business Watch. That's where we look at the impact of COVID 19 on various businesses in and around South Africa. And uh, for today, we are joined by Katleho Don uh, just to talk about uh, from uh, uh, 935 uh, The Journey, a fast food restaurant uh, based in Orlando East. Uh, Katleho, greetings to you. How are you, sir? No, no, doing all right. I think uh, the, a, a good place for us to start is maybe understanding the business itself. Can you tell us uh, briefly about it?
3: Well, Five is a fast food restaurant we sell. Uh, I think we sell one of the best payers in Union, if you will. So we sell payers, we sell wings, we sell uh, nachos, chicken strips. Yeah, so we're trying to bring a different field into sewage and food industry that's in the township.
0: Okay, cool. That's, uh, that actually sounds uh, like uh, quite a vibe and especially uh, because, uh, you know, when you say you, you guys sell the best burger uh, in Soweto, I definitely be keen to try uh, on that. Uh, but uh, the other one, because we're looking at the impact of COVID-19 on businesses around South Africa, um, for yourself, you know, what has that period been and uh, what have been some of the lessons? Well, I guess I
3: think... One of the reasons I've been, well, the, the pandemic the pandemic has forced us to think outside of the box, so we have to adapt to, I mean, I think since we opened for like, after level five, we've been under pressure to like just survive, and make ends meet in terms of paying rent, paying people that that are working there, and, and the usual expenses of running a business. So, sometimes your actual business does not produce that, the money that you need, so you've learned how to find ways different ways of making money and what else I think also yeah, in terms of managing money and that saving money the the actual is because had we i think had we saved enough had we maybe went into the business. Uh, with maybe better cash flow, some of the problems, or maybe half of the problems, would have or maybe the pandemic couldn't have uh, hit us as much as it has
0: okay cool and uh, I guess you know on a last point for us is just then maybe understanding how you think the business is actually going to perform um, in the future because you've got all of the things that you're doing and you've got the lessons that you've learned and all the things that you said um, you've learned and wished you could have also done uh, a little bit differently Um, so going forward how do you see the business performing
3: (laughs) Uh, (coughs) Well, I think emotionally, I would say it's going to be great, but uh, in reality, especially with uh, the third wave maybe coming, chances are it's going to be even harder to to stop it. But I guess as as long as we're breathing, I guess we will keep on keeping up.
0: Now you certainly will keep on keeping on And would also, like I I keep saying Would be keen uh, to go ahead and uh, taste that burger So that was us uh, with Katlejo Don Who is from uh, 935 The Journey A fast food restaurant uh, based in Orlando East um, Giving us some lessons around the impact of COVID-19 On their business On the other side of this, we continue with the show More justice on the business bars we continue with our show just around uh, retirement savings, retirement planning, retirement funding. Um, you know, is it necessary? What's happening with the new uh, Pension Fund Act? Uh, but, uh, you know, thank you so much. Uh, we were talking to our own payments from uh, Discovery earlier before the break. Uh, but right now we want to talk to Johan Pins, uh, who is also known as a JP. Uh, he is uh, an independent consultant uh, to the Umbra Pen. And a Provident Umbrella Fund, Johan. Greetings.
4: Greetings to you and the listeners.
0: Uh, did, did I pronounce uh, did I pronounce Umbra correctly, or is it Umbra?
4: You did. It's uh, Umbra, so uh, it's like an old football brand, and the surname is Piens. Uh, but like you mentioned, uh, <laughs> it's uh, everyone
0: knows me as JP. Okay, cool. So, so from this moment forward, we shall address you as JP. Uh, So, so with all of that in mind, then, um, the Pension Fund Act, we actually had a couple of thoughts, uh, you know, in our first segment, uh, just around, you know, what's happening um, on that end, uh, some of the proposals, the 45%, all of that. Um, Before we get into, I guess, uh, the retirement planning itself, you know, your thoughts on that act.
4: Uh, are we now talking about Regulation Twenty Eight and the changes to, uh, or the proposed changes that they are looking at at Regulation Twenty Eight? Yes. So yeah, uh, I think it's a it's a good thing. Um, I think there is scope for them to look at um, uh, infrastructure. Uh, infrastructure is obviously the point where you know we get some good economic growth. We can add some job numbers to that. Um, so in my view, the changes to Regulation 28 is uh, good. Uh, I think there is some scope for them to look at offshore and possibly broadening that up or opening that up uh, to members on the fund. So instead of having your 20% uh, or 30% offshore, you can actually go a bit higher. Uh, we would like to see that, of course. Um, I think that is a, a, a good thing to add to it. And then, obviously, what they are proposing in terms of infrastructure and having it classified uh, separately is also uh, good, um, you know, for the economy.
0: Now, apart from Regulation 28, uh, from where you're standing as someone who's looking at this stuff on a constant basis, what are some of the issues when it comes to uh, retirement planning and retirement funds and pensions that you are seeing? Because uh, there has been a spate of uh, withdrawals of pension funds in some, you know, some, in some corners of the economy.
4: So, yes, we, we have seen uh, quite a number of uh, withdrawals, uh, retrenchments more than withdrawals, if you, if you want to call it that at this stage. But we are also seen a lot of members uh, coming out of funds uh, due to the fact of trying to access the lump sum monies in their funds. Um, obviously, as you contribute to a fund, it builds up a fund credit or a fund value, and uh, that value is obviously payable to the member when they withdraw. So uh, we've seen quite a substantial amount of members trying to access money. Obviously, we understand the conditions uh, that they are under, you know, people are under pressure. uh, But that is the reason that we are seeing people uh, mostly withdraw their money is the fact that they uh, need to get hold of a lump sum amount of money due to debt circumstances. Um, Mostly uh, debt at this stage uh, or servicing some form of a debt. So uh, that's probably the biggest problem we're seeing at this uh, moment. Uh, the FSCA early in the year during COVID at least brought out some uh, communication in terms of having uh, uh, risk benefits in place. So a pension fund also provides another section called risk benefits. So it usually has some form of a uh, group life assurance desk. A benefit that pays or income disability or funeral benefit, for example. Uh, so at least the FACA came out and said let's try and keep the risk uh, in place so that when members do get ill or during this COVID period, they were covered. So at least we saw most employers handle that quite uh, well. The only problem we did see obviously is members that are actually cash-strapped and need some money out of the fund. Therefore, they actually resign from the fund. It's the only way they can get hold of their money. Um, uh, We we get it quite a lot that we get the members asking us, how do I get hold of money? Um, And uh, the only way is through resignation. There's tax implications there. Uh, So we would really tell someone to, you know, speak to a financial advisor before they do that. Um, They cannot just borrow money against the fund. That is the biggest question we have. Can I borrow ten thousand of my fund credit? The answer is no.
0: No You've just highlighted, you know, uh, an issue that people are having that they want to get access to these lump sums and um, the implication is that most of the time it means you're sort of closing out uh, your accounts and, you know, all of that stuff. So for people that do find themselves in those situations uh, or people that are looking at alternatives, are there alternatives that uh, people could put into place to, I guess, appropriately prepare for the future?
4: Yes, of course there is. Uh, so I think it all starts off with uh, the basics. Um, you know, we're quite vocal about it. To, to put your plan in place, your investment plan in place. Uh, any person out there starting in the world, I wish uh, they told me when I left university uh, about these type of things. But put a plan in place. Make sure that you follow that plan. And your plan needs to be a short-term plan as well as a long-term plan. A pension fund will generally handle your long-term or give you a part of your long-term wealth uh, of your book. But you also need to make sure that you cover your short-term. And this is the biggest problem that you see in South Africa. I mean, South Africa is known not to be a savings um, uh, country. You know, we don't save money. We spend it. We're more of a spender. Only like 6% of people retire comfortably. And the problem is they access money because they need it. So the question that we have is that people need to uh, holistically look at their their financials and their wealth, and they not only say, "Well, I just need a pension fund, or I just need this." Let me start with an emergency fund. That is probably the best place to start. Start putting money away for emergencies, and once the The norm that the guys are talking about in the industry is a three to six months worth of salary. So when you get out in the job market, make sure you've got at least three to six months worth of salary backed up. That means that if you do get into a tight situation, you don't actually need to go to your pension fund to access monies. You can take that knock or you have the cash flow to actually help you out by putting an emergency fund in place and then work from there so first step emergency fund if you are lucky enough to be employed and you have a pension fund uh, or an old provident fund uh, now very similar to a pension fund then you know at least someone is taking care of your long term at this stage focus on your short term and get the emergency fund in place in the short term
0: um, one of the things that uh, you've just said, I like the fact that you bring up sort of that tension um, in uh, our economic makeup in South Africa to say that uh, the the country re- hasn't really had a reputation for being a country of savers. Uh, But at the same time, as a result, I guess, um, you do have only 6% of people um, then becoming, you know, retiring comfortably. So the magical question, you know, for a lot of people, I guess this is, uh, you know, somewhat of a crystal ball sort of question. How much is enough (laughs) when it comes to actually contributing to retirement uh, savings? Okay, so, uh, so even the 6% number is a, uh,
4: in my view, is an old, outdated number. So when I started in the industry probably around 2005, it was bandied about 6%. So I would venture to say that number is probably even a bit lower if we look at it right now. Um, uh, in terms of having enough, uh, that is the magical question. I would think there's a lot of things that influence this. Uh, the biggest thing is, how long are you, uh, you, you, how long is your time horizon? What is the time that you're looking at uh, to for that investment? So, if it's a long term investment, we're talking eight plus years, maybe 10 years. Uh, I would look at it even further to say 20, 30 years. That is something that I'm saving for retirement. Um, so, when I contribute towards that, I need to make sure that I contribute uh, at least the guys in the industry talk about 15%. If you're contributing towards your retirement, at least 15%, which should sustain you or give you around about 75% of your uh, retirement income at retirement age. So that means if I earn 10000 at the day that I retire, I will now be earning 7500 in the day that I'm not retired or the day that I am retired. So, Therefore, there's, uh, uh, 2,500 is skimmed off. And the reason why this was used as a yardstick is the fact that we used to say people don't live with their parents anymore, you know. So as soon as they're done with university, the kids move out, they go and move into their own place. Uh, so the parents will only have medical aid to look after cars are paid, houses paid. Unfortunately, that is not the reality anymore that we live in. Um, So all the guys are leaning towards 100%. You need to actually make sure that you have 100% of your income as at the day that you retire. Uh, In terms of that, 15% contribution will probably only get you about 60% to 65% all the way. And that is if you never touch the money, guys. If you touch the money, you are taxed and you just carry on being taxed every time you withdraw the money. So if you leave the money for 40 years, then potentially you would have 60 to 70% of your wealth for your retirement. But I would encourage everyone to look further than just a pension or a provident fund. They need to make sure they build wealth in other ways. Uh, you know, educate yourself, learn, uh, go and explore what the stock market is about, uh, go and explore what easy equities are about. Some of the guys just out there in the market that provide people with opportunities to create their wealth. Um, and then, if you are unsure, speak to a registered financial advisor.
0: Um, as we end off, JP, your thoughts just around um, how things could be changed, I guess, on a structural level, uh, whether it's uh, the thinking on the side of ordinary South Africans or whether it's uh, the structure of how our retirement savings and plans are done in South Africa. Um, where do you see that? So I do think there is a need for
4: us to to look at how we can change things. Um, I, I think the the, the FACA has done quite a lot. So the FSCA is the Financial Sector Contact Authority that regulates our industry. Uh, I think they have done quite a bit in promoting financial excellence and education, etc., etc., um, but I think there is more that we can do for South Africans and make more options available. So, for example, something that I, I think would, would be highly, ne- or, or a high necessity for us to look at in the South African market context is to create a emergency fund for our members. So, I think that's something that needs to form part of your retirement planning is to make sure in the beginning we set up some form of a, uh, uh emergency saving for a member so we need to think about creative ways that we can help members when they join an employer to create that environment that helps them save for short term as well as then say to them guys don't worry we have your back over the long term and how else can we disseminate information and give you information that can make you create more wealth, create more assets and then pass it on generationally. So generation of the generation can inherit that health,
0: wealth. So that's been us with uh, JP, who is uh, an independent consultant to the Umbra Pension and Provident Fund, uh, Provident Umbrella Fund, giving us some insight into some of the issues just around um, what's going on uh, with the Pension Fund Act, that new regulation. Also, uh, ending off talking about some of the things that do need to be changed. And he's just saying that, uh, you know, there needs to be a change in thinking. Uh, He's saying that the FSCA has done, you know, quite a bit of work uh, to change things structurally but at the same time he's saying uh, people should go beyond just some of the retirement savings and plans uh, that are out there go out and educate yourself about um, the stock market or alternative investments and see what active role you can take in uh, retirement planning or for yourself so that's been it on the other side of this we come to the end of the show your to business bus business bus so that's been it. Thank you to everyone who has been listening to the show. Thank you so much to uh, Ompe Metze from Discovery. Thank you to JP uh, for giving us uh, their insights into what's going on in and around the world of uh, pension funds, retirement savings, and, uh, you know, what it means to plan for the future. I think uh, two of the big uh, points that came out uh, from both of them is, firstly, people need to go out and educate themselves, um, seek financial advice, talk to a financial planner. Uh, but also at the same time talking about the fact that um, wherever possible just leave that money wherever it is because the moment you touch that money um, it's going to have some type of tax implications on it which reduces um, your your I guess the compounding um, over the time and at the same time you incur those costs. Very important discussion and I think uh, personally one of the things I agree the most with uh, JP about is the fact that people really do need to take a more active uh, role when it comes to their own retirement savings simply because, um, you know, the old world of uh, retirement and pension funds, etc. It is a formula that doesn't seem to be uh, working for a lot of generations. We've heard we've heard of and seen uh, people extending their retirement age uh, simply because of circumstance, whether we are talking the global financial crisis, whether we're talking inflation. Um, a lot of factors are eroding people's uh, retirement savings and the ability to live comfortably uh, past the the age of retirement. So I think a more active uh, role needs to be taken by people. Otherwise you can let us know what you think. Are you already saving for retirement? If so, who are you saving with? You know, what are some of the tips and tricks that you can share with us? On Facebook, we are VARFM or Voice of Vits. You can also find our other Facebook page um, that is the Vits Radio Academy. And then on Twitter, we're at VARFM and then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz remember that you can find our great content on the forward slash business otherwise you can uh, go over to the main podcasting apps that is google Podcasts, spotify and apple Podcasts. just uh, type in uh, business buzz and you can find uh, our previous shows including this one um, after the show is done so that's been it thank you so much uh, to our amazing team our technical producer is Kotlano Serame together with uh, our executive producer that is uh, Glory Mabuza our producers Slinli M.C. together with Ntando Trimba as well as uh, Sia Abonga Mota don't miss the business buzz same time same place next week for more insight into uh, the world of business otherwise don't turn that down there's more great content coming up on the GVOW FM lineup so for myself Mob Justice Cavaza and the rest of the team. It is good evening and take care. The Business, the Business Buzz, Buzz with Mudiwa Mob Justice Cavaza. The Business Buzz Podcast.